Welcome to the inaugural launch edition of Five and Five with ANZ. I'm Bernard Hickey, where today we're on RBA Watch. Will it hike again or pause? ANZ's economists see a second pause in a row, but others think a hike could come at 2.30pm Australian Eastern Time. Also, we have news that China's economy continues to struggle and its leadership is trying new stimulus measures. And the Bank of Japan has finally tweaked its monetary policy. And it surprised a few people, but without causing a stampede. That's coming up in our five things in less than five minutes. And then in our deep dive, ANZ's head of Australian economics, Adam Boyton, unpacks why he thinks the RBA can afford to hold the cash rate at 4.1% later today. So you've got that combination of clearly restrictive interest rates and inflation coming back to the target more rapidly than you thought. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ. Number one, China announced new stimulus measures overnight to encourage consumer spending, which stock markets in Shanghai and Hong Kong have been enthused about in recent days. ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Yung, thinks that enthusiasm may not be justified. The National Development and Reform Commission, the NDRC, released a document just a couple of hours ago with 20 measures. Basically, it's a shopping list of all the different items that they like to boost in terms of um, consumption and trying to help uh, revive property purchase of the economy, ranging from new energy, uh, new electric vehicles to even you know, to trying to develop more uh, outdoor campsite <laughs> to boost domestic tourism to, you know, these are the things that they have been doing for more than half a year and trying to boost consumption, trying to encourage first-home buyer to upgrade their, um, their housing. So it seems to be a more a longer-term statement, a pretty general document. Number two, there's more signs China's consumer economy is not firing on all cylinders. We saw the first flash surveys of manufacturers and non-manufacturers from China in July late yesterday, which showed the services sector, so that means retail hospitality, was weaker than expected. That's worry me because um, it is a service sector who employ majority of the young people. And we all know that everyone is now concerned about the youth unemployment rate in China. It's um, 21.3% last month. The manufacturing sectors rebound a bit, but it's still below 50. So the whole industrial supply chain is still on the contracting mode. So overall, today's PMI number is not really helpful. You know, if we really want to have gain some of the confidence, um, some of the optimism about the uh, second half outlook of the Chinese economy, today's number just simply cannot give me any hope that uh, in the near term, uh, any sign of uh, recovery. Number three. The Bank of Japan has finally done it. Late on Friday, it tweaked its program of bond buying to suppress long-term interest rates. You might have heard of it as yield curve control. Now, this has been speculated on and keenly awaited by global traders and investors for months, if not years. As Japan's inflation rate has risen, many assumed the Bank of Japan would have to start hiking too, just as the Fed and the ECB have. But it has held off until now. And remember, this is a big deal because Japan's investors are heavily invested in stocks and bonds overseas, and higher interest rates at home could spark a rush of funds to the exits and repatriation to Japan, which, of course, would move currencies too. So what did the Bank of Japan and its new governor, Kazuo Ueda, actually do? Because 
Unfortunately, it wasn't simple, and it seemed to achieve a double whammy of pivoting to slightly tighter monetary policy without scaring the horses too much. Here's ANZ's Group Chief Economist, Richard Yetzanger, with the detail and what it means. Officially, they've said that the 0.5% ceiling on 10-year government bonds is not a rigid limit, but more a reference point. I think, to me, that sounds like they've relaxed some of their rigid yield curve control policy, but then the Bank of Japan has also said they won't hesitate to ease further if inflation shows signs of undershooting or the economy underperforms. I mean, it sounds a little bit like they're getting tipsy on lemonade. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to do the action they've done on the one hand, but then claim actually they've still got a strong easing bias. Maybe in interest rate terms, you'd say they've hiked by 12 and a half basis points. Number four, there's news overnight of a softish landing for Europe's economy. The Eurozone grew again in the June quarter, having only just avoided a technical recession in the March quarter. GDP rose 0.3%. That was a touch above forecasts. And there was some good news for those hoping the ECB can stay on hold. Eurozone flash CPI inflation figures for July showed a fall in annual inflation to 5.3%, from 5.5% in June. Number five, there was a mixed bag out of ANZ's monthly business confidence survey in New Zealand yesterday. Confidence in the overall economy rose a bit, so that's how businesses see everyone else doing. But own activity confidence, what's happening to their own businesses, that fell. There were also conflicting signs on inflation. Here's ANZ's chief New Zealand economist, Sharon Zollner. The economy is definitely slowing, and you can see that across a range of measures. However, the Reserve Bank is forecasting that it's capitulating quite quickly, and we're not so sure. In fact, business confidence and activity measures are well off the lows seen in December last year, and so too is consumer confidence. ANZ's Chief New Zealand Economist, Sharon Zollner there, in our Five Things in Five Minutes. Well, now it's time for our deep dive, where we spend around five minutes on one fascinating topic or theme, really unpack what's going on. And what better way to start than with ANZ's Head of Australian Economics, Adam Boyton, on what the RBA will do or not do at 2.30pm Australian Eastern Time. He sees the RBA on hold at 4.1% for some time, even though inflation is still currently 6%. I asked Adam how the RBA could afford to hold when inflation was so far away from its 2 to 3% target band. I think there are a couple of things to keep in mind here. The first is that monetary policy works with a lag. And, and typically, although mortgage payments in Australia adjust quite quickly, by the time all of this has flowed through to the economy, it's about a year from an interest rate change to the, the time that I, I guess most of the impacts have been felt. Uh, That's the first thing. The second thing is if you keep increasing interest rates, particularly in the current environment, until the point that inflation is back at two point something, uh, you do run a very high and clear risk of over-tightening and pushing the economy into recession. The bank clearly want to avoid that. But most importantly, the RBA is a forward-looking central bank. Uh, And so what I think the Reserve Bank will be thinking about today when the board meets uh, is that All the signs are that inflation is running a little below what the bank thought back in May and well below what the bank thought back in February. Uh, The Reserve Bank itself thinks policy is clearly restrictive at this current 4.1% cash rate. So you've got that combination of clearly restrictive interest rates and inflation coming back to the target more rapidly than you thought 
Yes, you're not there yet, but that's why I think it's a pause. Sit back, assess some more data, and see where the economy is in three, six, nine months' time. And how long could the RBA be on hold for? I don't think it's one or two months. I think that uh, if the bank uh, leaves interest rates unchanged today, which is our expectation, then the, the next live meeting is probably November. That'll be after we get the next set of quarterly inflation numbers. And it'll also be the meeting where the Reserve Bank does again a full forecast refresh. As for how long they could be on hold for, look our central forecast is that uh, the cash rate has peaked at this level and we will see an interest rate cut at the very end of 2024. Uh, there's a risk, however, that we might find through 2024 that actually what's happened instead is moderating inflation has boosted real incomes of consumers, uh, that consumer spending picks up a bit, and that it might look like inflation is just stuck a little bit too high and won't return to that 2 to 3%. We think these are all questions that are best addressed next year rather than running the risk of over-tightening now. Central case, we're done at 4.1 and interest rate cuts at the very end of next year, but some risk that next year things might turn out a little stronger on both the, the consumer spending and inflation front that might require one or two more rise, rises. But that's a risk and that's for next year. So Adam, do you think we can avoid recession? There are a couple of things about Australia right now that make it hard to get that technical recession. And, and so by technical recession, I mean those two quarters of negative GDP growth, one after the other. Uh, the, the main one is just the, the really fast rate of population growth. That just makes it quite difficult to get those two quarters of negative GDP growth. I think if Australia had population growth more at European levels, there'd certainly be a very high risk of that. If I strip out that population growth, though, what we actually see is GDP per capita falling through the course of this year. I don't want to get hung up on what's the definition of a recession or not, but what I'd say is I think it looks likely we can avoid that really hard landing that sees a big rise in the unemployment rate. Yes, we think the unemployment rate will rise over the next 18 months or so, but even then, we'll get a peak in the unemployment rate around 5%, which is still historically a very low level of unemployment. So I think, to, to paraphrase the Reserve Bank, it looks like we're still on that narrow path to pulling inflation down, not having a recession, and, and keeping a, a still relatively tight labour market. ANZ's Head of Australian Economics, Adam Boyton there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the inaugural Five and Five with ANZ for everyone for Tuesday, August the 1st. Catch you tomorrow where we'll digest the RBA's decision and take another deep dive into why Chinese consumers are so reluctant to spend their cash. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ, all associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.